What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a special episode of the Bridge the Gap series where we talk to the really interesting people and go through their lives and whatnot. And today, our guest is none other than Mr. Liddy Bro Flacco, the guy that is the co-host of the show. That's right. Liddy Bro. And before we do anything else, why don't you tell them where you are? Um, I am in Puerto Rico on vacation. Look at that. Look at that beautiful scenery we have let's going take everybody. On. Let's take everybody for a little bit of a scenery. Yeah, look at that. Look, we're all like at home and stuff. Well, I'm at home. You might not be at home. I'm speaking on behalf of you. And look at this gorgeousness. So this is the vibes that we have in, in terms of, of where we're at These today. These are the vibes. So, These yeah. are the vibes. I mean, honestly... They're not the vibes of what I planned on talking about, but yeah, these are the vibes. <laughs> so yeah, it all makes sense in a few more months. Fair enough, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I'm not even sure how to start this because our whole intro involves you telling the story. Yeah, our whole intro is like, it's yeah, like, like I'm gonna tell it. a story to me about how great you are. Flacco, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you about you know what happened. So what happened was, you know, I did this. Uh, I did this last project, Volume 1, with uh, Merker Miyagi, right, who was the engineer of the project, and he um, never promotes the music of the people that he, like, engineers from, right? And he he promoted my music, and that took the attention of one of his friends that does album reviews, Ho-Ho over here, Holden, right? And... and um, and then I did an interview with Holden, and I, I realized, I was like, yo, this this guy's really good at what he does. I want to bring other people to him so that they could feel the vibes and get to tell their life story. Because I realized after our interviews, I had never talked about my life. All my interviews were about fucking hip-hop and battle rap and, like, trash. And so, you know, after the interview with you, I was like, well, I want the rest of my friends to feel like this. I want them to feel that, 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 you know, satisfactory. I don't want them to, you know, not get to have that same feeling. And so I approached you about doing a series. And now here we are. And we're like, how many months in now? Like, this we're is about like five months. No, legit. It's five, five months. months. We're, we're getting close. We're getting close to half a year now. Yeah, it's serious. And it's been like weekly. And even and- on vacation. Even on vacation, we working, baby. You know what I mean? It goes to show you how dedicated we are. Not playing. Yeah. So in preparation for this, I was like, yo, I should probably watch that other interview that we did back in November. Four hours and ten minutes of it on two times speed. Don't get me wrong. And uh, of course, I I wouldn't wouldn't sit with me. (laughs) No, it was a good chat, actually. I was like, that's not bad at all. Um, So I do encourage you to go check that out. But I realized a few things. We do have our token first question. And gosh, was that question in a sad state when I asked it at that time over then. And you didn't really answer the question. You just kind of went off in your own direction. And I'm like, I always huh. it, right? Yeah, but it was like, I didn't know what I, because like at that point, I didn't really understand what was happening. What y'all don't know is he hit me up with, uh, you better make a fucking structure. Get a structure. You don't have to present. You need a structure. You need to know what you're doing with this. And I'm like, Fair enough. And then you'll see how all of a sudden a little more structure and story time came through on it. So with that, I want to hear your answer to this question. So I'm going to run it through one more time. You know, we're going to do it still. 
So once upon yeah. a time, my girlfriend's washing these dishes and she's fucking uh, playing that Black Eyed Peas song. That, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. <laughs> and she's like dancing and she's doing her things. And it got me thinking all about like music and vibes and stuff. Because back in the day, I was like, you know, in the closet, everybody in the circles dancing to that album when it was dominating the world and everything. And all this time later, that music's just so like replayable and fun and energies where you got to be moving and whatnot. And it got Got me thinking a lot about um just kind of how music and vibes change over time so all that club music and everything that you're hearing today is going to be some lit ass chore music in the future for all them kids growing up and whatnot and all that that was incredible but then we come back to the musics and vibes and all that stuff and we think about our own musical journeys and uh, our own musical journeys don't actually start like when we get into music or whatnot per se. Um, it often starts as a result of the environment around us, like when we're super young. Like in my case, you know, I can remember being like five years old. And my dad's got all these tapes and these great boxes and speakers and shit. And he's playing all of his Zeppelins and all that radio music with the technos and whatnot. Mom's got a really shitty disco stuff. I don't know. I feel like less enthusiastic about the disco because it just wasn't. It was just like knockoff stuff. Anyway. Um, and then like whatever just vibes and music so considering we didn't really get the the good answer the first time why don't you take us back to when you were a little liddy bro flaco dutch vega whatever we were when you were like super young and walk us through a little bronx experience that you were having back in those days <clears throat> yeah uh back then i was called Reynaldito. Reynaldito. Mm. My, my real name is ronaldo my parents would call me Reynaldito. That's the thing that Latin people do. They add an Ito to your name. You know what I mean? They add an Ito or Ita to your name. Oh, like you're holding, it'll be Holdencito. Holdencito, Jamesito. You know what I mean? Danita, Danita, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, back then, what was, I actually think I did kind of answer, but I went deep into the fact that, like, it was just, it was hip-hop for me. So like my parents were playing like a lot of Latin music. Like what what um what uh Pro said in his interview resonated with me because it's the same situation for me, right? Where like I'm growing up, my mother's Nicaraguan, my father's Puerto Rican. So like people would like people who know those two cultures would probably think that like my mother was into like um ballads and um like uh maybe like mariachi type music. And that my father was into like maybe like salsa merengue type stuff because like that's heavy on the island of Puerto Rico. But like it was actually in reverse. And my mother, my father was into like um, boleros, which is like um, Latin Spanish ballads and love ballads. And um, like we were talking about with pro, it's very, it's a, uh, it's a uh, sexy sad music, you know. Um, at least that's how I interpreted it, uh, and because that's how I felt about it. And so my father listened to a lot of that and a lot of like mariachi stuff, and like my like Mexican stuff, and like my mother listened to like a lot of like Puerto Rican, island Caribbean, like new age stuff. So she liked you know everything new. So she loved Mark Anthony when he first came out. There was this dude named John Cicada when I was growing up that my mother loved. Um, uh, I forget who else, but like, you know, she was into like salsa merengue. Ooh, I was digging my feet into the sand. I caught a little insect on my foot. <laughs> Snickers walking around. I mean, like, oh, shit, nigga. 
Get off my foot. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, they 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 were they were playing a lot of Latin music, but because I was growing up with an older brother who was ten years older than me, um, he was kind of like indoctrinating me to everything cool, you know. So like he indoctrinated me to hip hop, he indoctrinated me to kung fu movies, he indoctrinated me to like you know ninja stars and and. He, he had a skate, he had a BMX bike and a skateboard. And when my mom used to make me, you know, make him take me with him where he would go, he would make me take his skateboard. He would jump on his BMX bike. I would follow behind him by at least a block, you know, because he wouldn't like slow down for me. And so my brother like had me into like hip hop, you know, like hip hop was really like what I was really, really into, like even as little, you know, like whatever it was that was playing on the radio. But really, that's what it was. It was whatever was playing on the radio. So, like, mm-hmm. we had a lot of, like, hip-hop, a lot of pop, a lot of been around the world. And I, 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 I can't find my baby. I don't know when I don't know why. Shit like that, you know? Uh, fucking Gloria. 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 The, 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 the Gloria. Gloria. Shit like that. That would play on the radio. And I loved all that shit. I still love all that shit. As you can tell by how enthusiastically I'll sing those songs. Um, that's fresh yeah so i guess what we didn't really get into is more of the stuff like where y'all bumping vinyls or tapes and all of that side of life mm-hmm. is where we really didn't delve into so we did answer a little bit Thanks. on that but then like there's just so much more to it like we don't know if you were a drawer we never even asked about any of that side of your life <clears throat> so dad were you uh were you ever into what? like a guy who draws when you were young like, oh, a drawer yeah 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 I actually was. So you were like um, into that when you were young, young? Like, yeah, like a lot of the, uh, as we've sat here and done this series with all the like people in my age group, not just the New Yorkers, right? Because like we've interviewed enough Cali friends of mine that like, you know, I relate to their stories too because we were in the same age group. So like Lush and me are like a year apart. So like, you know, um, yeah, absolutely drew. Tagging was like a thing <coughs> that I participated in. Um, heavy. Uh, my tag was Sin with a C, C-I-N. Mm. Um, I would make the C flow into the I, bring the I down into the N, hit it with a fat circle at the top. Um, but yeah, I definitely did draw um and i uh tagged and um my parents were playing vinyl my parents were playing a lot of vinyl back then actually i remember my household growing up um like i'm old enough that like i remember i don't remember my parents playing music on it but i remember seeing pictures of my parents eight track system Mm. and it looked like one of those old 70s disco boom box so it had like all those bright holographic uh, disco sticker thing, you know what I mean, on the inside and shit. And uh, it played, uh, it played, um, what are those small records called again? Uh, 45s? It played 45s. And um, at the bottom part of it, it had like an eight track thing that you would put in, like an eight track. Um, I just, I just remember seeing that in a lot of pictures. Like a lot of like, oh, you weren't born yet. Look at all these pictures. It was back like before you existed. And I'd be like, how dare you guys have lived a life without me? (laughs) 
That's hilarious. I feel like as a kid, though, you do have that moment of how dare you live a life before me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're selfish as a kid. You're like, ah, you have a life outside of me? You 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 do your own thing? No. You're you're my everything. Yeah. Yeah. Back. So yeah, my parents, um, that's what they did, but like I was um I was a tape kid. I was a tape kid and I was born into the CD ever. Like essentially before I even got into hip hop like that, like heavy, right? Where like they asked me like the typical question that I used to get asked of like, when did you fall in love with hip hop? Because every guy that like had like magazine or hip hop blog back in the days watched one too many, like watched Brown Sugar one too many times. And so like, um, you know, you'd always get asked that question. And so for me, it was always like, you know, Biggie Ready to Die was when I really, really fell in love, fell in love, right? But again, I was growing up in New York City around this shit. So like my babysitters who, like, my parents, you know, they, they both worked at the time when I was, like, first born and really small, up until, like, about six years old. My mom worked, and um, uh, I would get left with my downstairs neighbors. Those were my babysitters. And they were very, like, very Puerto Rican, but, like, super Puerto Rican now. Where, like, they weren't New York now. They weren't into, you know, American stuff. But, like, through them, I got my first ever album. Like, they gave me salt and pepper salt with a very necessary pep um or whatever that album name was um and uh they gave me that album before i was even into hip-hop like that that you know like hip-hop was there it was in my everyday and i loved it right but it wasn't like oh this matters so much to me like it didn't matter when we were in the car my parents would play whether it was their music or they played like WBLS, which was like the pop radio station that would play all that, like Gloria and Been Around the World type stuff, right? Like that stuff was fine by me. I loved all that stuff, like I said, you know? So it's not like I was stressing it or like, you know, like telling my parents like, oh man, I wish you guys would just play hip hop. I was fine with the music that was around me at the time, you know? So like for them to give me a fucking hip hop CD, so, you know, like, like a CD, which was like way before people had, I, I don't even think this men's were around back then when Salt and Pepper put out that album, you know? Like CDs were just like, I think at the cusp of like becoming a real thing thing. Tapes were still really important and Walkmen were still like everybody's go-to method of listening to music, you know, on transportation and shit like that. So mm. yeah, you know, I kind of, all, all those things kind of. Yeah, it's dope though. That's fresh. So um, I don't know if we really got into when you got into rapping, but I get the feeling because like part of it is like you brought in and laced in so much of your story into all of these other interviews. So it's like fair enough. I have a general sense that in high school you freestyled or something and ended up battling with the folks or whatnot. <clears throat> but you want to like expand more on that for the people? Yeah. Sorry, I saw Bon Bon in the motherfucking comments, Tommy. Yeah, she's here. <laughs> she's wonderful. Yeah, she is. Facts. Um, <coughs> I mean, <coughs> what was it again? Basically, like, when I was young? yeah, because like I feel like you were you. 
I get the feeling you went down that route of freestyling and, and battling peoples and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So why don't you kind of walk us a little bit through how all that got started? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it got started, um, I, you know, uh, the way a lot of people typically do in New York City. Um, when Pro was saying, like, all the, like, oh, man, the typical things, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, it's only typical to us because we grew up on um, like you guy, you, Bonnie, you know, Jenny, Chris, you know, like, it's not like you guys are like, oh yeah, atypical, you know, like growing up in the New York cities. Like, no, it's no, not it's typical, not but typical it's typical to, to us. Um, but yeah, uh, like I used to freestyle with my friends at school. Um, really I was doing a lot of writing stuff, right. Um, doing poetry literally, um, because I didn't understand how to rap at first. And I didn't have an OG yet, right? Like, my brother left when I was about eight years old. Like, he left my parents' house and he joined the Navy. And so, like, there went that, like, you know, guidance of, like, a, a older sibling that's, like, kind of already running these same streets as me, you know? Right. Um, so, like, his, that, that guidance was gone. And... Um, and uh, I don't even know if you guys could see me. I was wondering if I was I too you. much in the sun. I was wondering if I was too much in the sun. Um, probably let the sun be in there. Um, yeah. So like my parents, my parents, they let my brother join the navy. They let him join the navy when he was seventeen. They signed him away. They were like, "Listen, we've had enough of you." <laughs> Actually, my brother had enough of them. He had it rough. You know, being the first kid back then, mm. like in a Latin household, he caught all the rough beatings. Um, and so uh, I didn't have that guidance anymore. And like, I didn't have any real like OGs. Like all my friends were like my age group. And I was kind of like the influencer amongst my friend groups, you know? So, um, damn, we didn't even, we got some drink. Um, <laughs> I was, I have some champagne, but. I forgot to bring ice for it. Fair enough. It's not. Can't have my champagne without ice. Fair enough. You're in a hot place, especially. It's extra important compared to the norm. It's not like. Stay you hydrated. Rely on the coldness of uh, outside. Yeah. So um yeah so I didn't have any OGs so like when um my good friend uh I got my parents my father was a superintendent. For um, my father was a superintendent for senior citizen housing uh, building for a Jewish-owned company called Beth Abraham Hospital in the Bronx, right? And um, he worked for them for like thirty something, forty years almost. Um, uh, and so he went from like a, being a porter to being a superintendent of one of their buildings. And that's when we moved out of the projects into like this really nice looking building. You know, it's a senior citizen housing building, right? So it's like one of those places that senior citizens live at mm. out of their own, you know, like it's not like it's an assisted living or something like that. It's like, this is my, my own uh, apartment. My grandma lived in one of those buildings. Like they're just nicer, quiet, really old people, nice. House. Yeah, they, yeah, they had like they had this really nice community room in that building that was like it looked like fucking masterpiece theater, yo. All my friends swore that I was rich. Like everybody thought that my father owned the building. 
right? Like they couldn't understand the concept of superintendent <laughs> for <laughs> for a, a building like that. And so um, uh, I was living in those type of buildings up until like I left my parents' household when I was a teen. And somewhere in the middle of that, I met a guy who ended up becoming like a good friend of mine. He worked security in the building. And um, he just, we just got cool. And uh, he took me to his block. And that's where I met Hot Rizzo and Broadway. And these guys kind of like took me under their wing. They were all maybe like anywhere from like four to like six years older than me, you know? <clears throat> and um, I was kind of like the little homie and they took me under their wing and they really taught me like the, you know, A through Zs of rapping and freestyling. And like, they, they made me, they made me freestyle until it was like a reflex. Like everything that you have been doing on the on the Zoom with your friends, with the with the ciphers and the freestyling shit. Like the, everything when you were like really excited and telling me about it. Like initially, I just remember thinking to myself, like, "Yo, that's literally like when I was like, you know, uh, this kid going coming up around these guys and like." We would, they would put on like tape, like we would have tapes of like music videos and they just put on videotapes and like, uh, we initially, the way that we came up with the name Blackout was like, we were in a, in a apartment that was kind of, that was the trap house, literally. Um, and, uh, we didn't have no lights in there cause like the rent wasn't paid and the electricity wasn't on. So like, we literally had no electricity. All we had was like a disc man, um, little fucking Kobe speakers that you could connect to the disc man instead of like, you know, uh, headphones and fucking candles. And like, we would sit there in like, uh, the dark and really like freestyle our asses off for like hours on end. And so, um, when we did end up having lights, right, we would have like, uh, videotapes full of like music videos or whatever was the dope music videos at the time. And, um, the guys would put on the music videos and we'd freestyle or they like, they'd like tell me to freestyle. Like they'd like really like put me through like boot camp, you know, like I was really like the, the, the soldier out the the young soldier out the crew, like being made to go through boot camp. And like, they would make me like, yo, freestyle to this. All right. Start out just freestyling. All right. Now go eight through Z. All right. Now go one through 10. All right. Now we're going to start throwing words at you. All right. Now, you know, like, uh, just random shit. That's why, like, when Papoose comes out with, like, alphabetical slaughter, like, it's very tacky to me. And it's just corny. Because I'm like, what? We've been doing this as a freestyle tactic in the streets of New York City for years. This guy who makes a song and he thinks he's, what? I've heard many of my friends freestyle A through Z's better than this song. Like, what? This guy sucks. But, like, I say that really just not to, like, shit on Papoose, but, like, to emphasize how how, how much, um, yeah, really not to shit on Papoose, because Papoose, like, I had a lot of respect for him as a man, so I wouldn't shit on his music, even though I'd never have liked it. Um, uh, You're hilarious. Hashtag Black Love. Um, hilarious, man. But, uh, yeah, nah, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's, like, that's how you learned back then, you know? Like, you were asked to, like, really, like, you know, it's the same thing that you like. There were thousands, if not tens of thousands, of MCs that came through EO Dub uh, doors, 
and learned all those things on that on those stage live in front of people. You know what I mean? Like I just did it live in front of the homies and they were like probably like just as objective as the dub, if not even more critical of me, <laughs> you know, because they were my bros and, you know, like there's like, uh, uh, you know, certain amount of like, uh, what do you call that? Um, where you like pick on just for fun um, or just cause. I know what you're talking about, that brotherly yeah. love shit where you make fun of each other yeah, and yeah. roast each other to death. And it's even more because it's your brother, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know yeah. what you mean. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> yeah. So, Yo, Bon Bon, thank you. I just saw the comment. My fault. I haven't been looking at the... You at have the, the best background. Thank you. Being... And... and, and the wonderful my glasses, glass. which is very cool. They're purple. They're purple. They're purple. That's fresh. Everything, everything is purple. I had so much stuff. I had a, I had a whole plastic cup. I went and found a purple plastic cup. This second one, I think, is purple. Yeah, the second one. But um, I forgot to bring ice with me to the beach. So, like, you know what? I feel like at this point, I'm just going to, because I am so thirsty, I'm just going to have to suck it up <laughs> and um, drink iceless champagne and shit. That's amazing. I'm going to do it for you guys. We we appreciate your sacrifice. Yo, this is this is oh man, my fucking phone's gonna die. I forgot. Um let me see. Oh yeah, I got a charger with me. No, I don't. Oh, oh boy. fuck. Oh yes I do. Ha it's like a roller coaster, you know what I mean? Of emotions. <laughs> oh my god boy. <clears throat> All right, the so struggle is real. We're opening, we're opening the champagne. We're pop, 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 champagne. pop, pop, and champagne. And plugging in the phone. <laughs> plugging in the phone because the phone is gonna die. It's at like fucking. What are we at here? Twenty-seven percent. Look at that shit. That's not gonna survive. Bonnie That's says she loves VK Flocky. Yo, let me tell you something. VK Flocky is quite a guy, man. <laughs> I'm always like. Fuck it, just pay extra. I don't care. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, all right. So basically, you freestyled into literal candlelight, um, adding extra context to the struggle being real. Definitely not our reality up here. Like, there's laws in Montreal where they can't cut your power. So it's just like in the winter. That's a nice pop, stills. And it's like definitely different. Um, so <clears throat> at what point does it like evolve into like, you're actually recording those wonderful demos and such that we were listening to earlier today? Um, years after that, years, years after that, um, I, after I had already worked in the music industry, um, after <clears throat> I got a lot of like coaching after that story from last time that I told you about Tash from the alcoholics mm. telling me that I had to work on my flow after all that shit is when I finally got to those demos. Um, was that like and, before uh, or after the grind time stuff? Before the grind time stuff, before the grind time stuff, after those stories that I told you about. Fair. Um, okay. And so, uh, 
Um, those demos, what happened was I had, you know, been trained enough at that point and I had started coming up with my own little songs on that demo CD. You heard uh, my first song. And so, you know, I worked hard enough to uh, get, uh, cultivate what felt like the right sound. And, um, and uh, I had came up on, a, I had been working a job, right? This is, this is another like running theme that you'll notice in, in me always. I'm always working. Um, I'm never like waiting for like millions of dollars to come knocking on my door. Mm. Um, I'm always working. Uh, my hotel that I'm staying at, right? It has a quote for like all the guests. And the quote is like, your dreams don't work unless you do. Okay. I like that. That's a fucking life quote, baby. And that's a fact. You know what I mean? Like when I saw that, I was like, mm-hmm. tell me more. I it's love that because it's, 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 it's an absolute truth. Like my mother put that in me early. My mother was always like, I don't care what the fuck you want to do. You could fucking go, you know, want to be a male stripper for all I care. Just make sure that you got a regular job so that you can pay your bills. I don't care what you do in your spare time, but make sure you got a job that pays your motherfucking bills. And so I had a job that was, I was making really good money. And um, I had a good tax return coming that year. And <laughs> it was like my first big amount of money to have, right? And so what I did with it was I immediately went to, um, I went to Fordham Road in the Bronx where you pick up mixtapes. And I went to the mixtape spot that I had seen um, verse from BT 106 and Park or some shit. I think he had battled on some platform. I forget what it was. But the point was that he was um, he was pretty known. And at that time, I didn't know anybody else. So, like, him being there made it seem like an official studio environment type of thing. So I went to them and booked some studio time. And I booked a bunch of studio time. And at that point, like, my own OGs didn't even have, like, you know, their stuff laid down like that, you know? Um, so, like, I'm Broadway did because Broadway was always kind of serious. He always was kind of like the Jay-Z of the crew. Um, but like, uh, hot, hot and me just would go to the studio and we'd fucking, I'd be like, yo, this one and that one hot has a song. I'm probably going to put it on that same demo because Bandcamp lets you add later on. Right. Um, and, uh, hot's first song is like a song that I made the hook for because hot just had three dope verses that happened to talk about the Bronx a lot. So I just made a Bronx hook. And I was like, yo, you got to lay that down, you know? But, like, even back then, I already had this little, like, you know, executive producer bug um, and, like, kind of, like, you know, project manager bug when it comes to the music, you know? And, like, I would get my friends together, whether it was Ha or my boy Rob at the time or my boy Omar. And, like, that was my, my, my friends Omar and Rob were, like, guys that were my contemporaries. They didn't have no rap aspirations, you know? But, like, back then, like, I've always had such a strong crew mentality that it was always, like, all right, well, we all rapping. I'm rapping. We all rapping. You know what I mean? So, like, Rob, I was, like, you are R.O. Beast. And, oh, Omar, you're oh shit. And these are your rap names. And 
You know what I mean? This, we the crew, and this is what we gonna do, and and this is what the song is, and y'all gotta rap about this, rap. You know, like I was always, I always kind of had that in me, and that has not gone nowhere. All these years later, because <laughs> I was as I was sitting there listening to like you play those old demos, I'm like, my God, yo. I really kind of always have done that shit where, like, I'm like, yo, we're going to record over this. Let's record over this, you know? I'm on vacation right now, and I have songs that I recorded for Volume 3 before I came on vacation. And I'm on vacation, and I'm uh, emailing one of the tracks to Pax, who was on the two-piece remix, because I'm like, yo, you got to be on this track for the new album on volume three and you know what I mean? Like, like, so that just, it doesn't go nowhere. You know, like I, I always have that in me. Like I'll try to like steer uh, just to, everybody to clarify, in the general direction. Because there might not be people who know volume three is with regards to the Liddy bros volume one, which not to say that, but yeah, it's related champagne and cocaine. And then what's coming out in what? Three days volume two, uh-huh. which is what cognac and codeine. I don't remember if I got that yep. in the right order. Yep. Um, Got it. And so when he says volume three is because yeah, there's already the volume three that um yo, I've heard beats for it. It's it's gonna be a litty vibe. It's gonna be a really good energy. Um I like the yeah. second project that's coming out soon. So just so that y'all know what we're talking about when he says volume three. Word. Absolutely. Facts. My fault. I, you did the you did the you did the thing that I do to the guests. So we gotta you do the that. thing. You did the thing. You did the thing where you're like, hey, folks, he's talking like uh, you guys know what he's talking about. You don't. (laughs) That's it. Well, in this case, uh, yeah, no, absolute facts. Especially Um, because volume one is where we met, right? Like we met um, not long after I dropped it, which I dropped it on 9/11 of last year, 2020, 9/11, 2020, Um, and uh, we've been working together with this series, Bridge the Gap, EO Dub Edition. Um, for five see, months now. Yeah, but we started like mid, around December twelfth or something like that. So just over five months at this point. Yeah, maybe it was so, a um, week after. I don't know, somewhere like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I feel like then. the breeze is nice. I feel like I should do one of the dramatic hair downs. See if I can get a Beyonce hair situation going. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. You ended up with uh, that's actually, that was that was worth it. That was worth it in my opinion. I was a little more like metal. I would go with like that was a little more metal, right? Because it went around and shit. All right. So while we're like here, while we're talking about the volumes, more like Willow Smith. That's fair. That is what it was like. Um, with was, my hair back and forth. Yeah. Word. Willow. So why don't you talk? While respect for the Smiths. Why don't you talk about purple while we're, well, we just brought up on this tangent of the volumes and what you're doing to promote the volume too? Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, volume one was champagne and cocaine, you know, and the vibes was very turned up and like high energy. And the BPMs, I don't think it ever went under like 90, 100, you know, like. They were always really high, the BPMs and all the tracks. And so um, Volume 2 has a lot of a more mellow vibe and a lot lower BPMs. And the sound on it is, I always liken, when when me and Jess were recording 
volume two in the middle of recording volume one because we were doing both at the same exact time, right? Um, we we were recording them, and in the in iTunes as we recorded the song, I would put the genres for volume one as turn the fuck up, and then the vol the volume two songs the genre was turn the fuck down, you know. So like it had like a very you know chopped and screwed. Um, Houston, Texas, you know, coding, uh, chop not slop vibe, you know, to them the song. So um, leading into April, like maybe like March fucking 29th, I got the bright idea to um, get that like chop not slop, chop and screw kind of uh, uh, um, element to the volume one song and remix a bunch of those to have that like chop sound and like when i think of that chop sound i always think of the color purple and like purple vibes you know and so with that being you know the sound and knowing that volume two was gonna have that same sound i was just like yo the entire month of april is purple and um uh we're just gonna put out all these chop not slop remixes to volume one, put together a mixtape of that, and um, right before volume two comes out, which has that very you know that same sound. That's fair. And then all of a sudden, everybody had purple filters on their display pictures on Facebook, and a lot of yeah. solidarity and love appeared to to support this campaign. It's 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 really yeah. fun. I really like yeah, the sounds of it. Yeah, I appreciate it. it. Um, I, I think the, well, we're going to do a little review for the second project, but as a spoiler, I like it. It's, it's fun. It's a good project. Well, Thank you. Maybe fun isn't the word you were looking for in terms of the vibe, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's fine. It's a fun project. I like listening to it. Mm -hmm. Fun in the sense that I derived entertainment and pleasure from listening to the project. Um, all right. So fresh. So you basically got a government situation that worked in your favor and you financed a bunch of stuff that allowed you to record your demo stuff. And you, you did the recordings and you picked your stuff. You and Hot Rizzo were less serious than the next dude. And that's basically where I think we're at. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we recorded those demos and um, <clears throat> I shot uh I didn't shoot no videos for none of that stuff because back then you did not shoot videos for everything. Um, videos were not like super readily available. It was still years away from that being a thing. Um, I'm sorry. I just got distracted looking at the people in the water and I'm just like, fuck, man. Do I want to try to take this interview to the water at some point? Maybe, guys. Stay tuned. Um <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so we did, we recorded those demos and, uh, I just went on a campaign of just battling everywhere I went. I was, um, going anywhere and everywhere I could that somebody would like listen to those demos, trying to get a deal. Um, my homegirl, I have a homegirl named Kathy who like also was a helping hand with, um, volume one and she'll be a helping hand with volume three. And um, so she's always had a lot of like industry connect connections to anything and everything. Like she's the type of person that literally like you can make a movie about. Um, 
And so she just has connections to everything in New York City, like literally anything. Like she's literally like the fucking, I don't know how to even like, she's like the con, the con, concierge, nah, concierge, like to hotels, the fucking, but like for the whole city, for like the hood. Like, and so she, um, she had a friend. I, she, we were out at a bar and I used to do this all the time where like, you know, we were at a bar and I'd hear somebody like, freestyling and i just go over like a fucking little chihuahua <laughs> i was gonna say pitbull but i wasn't built like a pitbull so a little chihuahua a little chihuahua and i would just go over fucking tear them apart right like i'd be like oh you rapping you think you could rap man well i'm here to destroy your good time and battle you and embarrass you and um and so i did that a lot back then and um one time doing that, um, uh, her friend that worked at MTV with Fight Club was there. And he saw me destroy a dude. And he was like, yo, you should come down to uh, the offices. And so I went down to the offices with my sister, Sarah Connor, who's on a lot of those songs. She was on the Internet Taliban song that you played. Um, and, uh, and, uh, when I got there, they all knew her because Sarah, um, when we get her on the show, uh, uh, I was waiting for the right, uh, time to get her on the show, um, to coincide with like one of her events. Um, but like Sarah is like one of my sisters that I talked about, uh, her and Jean Grey on the first episode. And, um, she, uh she knew everybody she just knows everybody and so when uh we got there she knew the people that worked at fight club and like they were old friends and like they immediately like they were like yeah we got you too <laughs> to me you know like it was one of those like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no yeah you, you're talented too like we didn't know that <laughs> we didn't know that sarah connor was your sister um sarah connor wasn't her name back then but um, uh, Lyric was her name, um, back then. And, um, they were just like, you know, taken aback. And so they were really trying to arrange at that point. Um, Lady Luck had already lost to Remy Ma at, um, Fight Club. And they were kind of like looking for the next opponent for Lady Luck. And they were kind of like trying to make the Sarah Connor Lady Luck battle happen. And, um, excuse me. And, uh, they, uh, kept bringing me and Sarah in to do battles. And Sarah at that time had just gotten back to the dub and she started linking up some of the dub homies too with um with uh, Fight Club Connect. Um I think if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where KM uh ill is here. Um he might be able to confirm or deny that. Um but uh, uh it might have been through his own because that's how like wide the net was back then, right? But like she definitely did also bring some of the homies from uh, the dub up there. Um, and it was just this whole like, you know, movement that was happening at the time with battle rap. And then next thing you know, um, she's helping the homie, uh, New York City hip hop legend, Pumpkinhead PH, um, uh, take over um, Grind Time New York. And around that time is when like, my demos were already old and um, uh, uh, what a reality, peace and blessing. Um, 
that's when um, we, you know, my demos were already getting a little old and I had new songs coming out and I had my first actual music videos and shit. And I was solo because like, it was hard to get the guys to all, you know, like uh, Hot had became, Hot got married and became a dad. And so, you know, like, I felt like I just, I couldn't stop, you know? So I kept on going, but um, I'm a, I'm a group guy, man, at, at my, at my heart and at my core, like, I love, there's nothing like, success is cool, but like, not if I don't get to enjoy it with like the homies, you know? So like, I'm always, always like, that's why when I got to know like Vice better and, and get to know about Vice better and like find out that like he, like a lot of these things that I'm doing, like Vice did that on a bigger level for a bigger base of people for, you know, uh, the whole entire city, you know? And like, I just, I can empathize with, you know, like the, the energy and the vibes of what Vice would do. And so, um, but like, I was, I've, I've always kind of done that too, you know, for my circle of friends and shit. And so like, that's why you have things like La Mesa and um, the squad and just, it's always like me trying to get like the team involved and get like, you know, other people involved. Mm. All right, so that that was a big answer, which is fine. That's what we do here. And then, as I understand it, it you work on the, the, the first next projects with your first music videos. So what project is that for? Why did you decide this is the time to go into music video land? <clears throat> well, I mean, at the time, it was just, you know, we finally got, like, YouTube and the ability to shoot, you know, I had like a little blogging camera, which was like 320p, like if that, like probably like 80p. It was just this like handheld thing that it's so funny that now that I look at it, it's it's like the DJI uh, selfie thing. Like it's literally that, except it was just a little bit thicker, you know, right. but it literally was the same type of method, like a flip camera that flips swivels, you know. And you would swivel it close, so like the camera part would head into the like stick part. Um, and we shot music videos on that because it was just that era of like, you know, like YouTube existed and you could shoot your own music videos. And you, we were still, you know, adamantly like trying to get ourselves out there to see if we couldn't get a deal. You know, like that was still the ideology was like, oh, we got to get a deal. We got to get a deal. So... At Instead this, of like independent. So you're basically looking for a deal at this time. You're also participating with grind time. Or yeah. That... Yep. It's just starting. It's just starting up to uh, be with grind time. Yep. So how did you get involved with them? Sarah Connor. She was with um, Punkahead. And uh, so luckily though, like luckily I'm not, like, I'm privileged, but I'm not that privileged, right? So there was no nepotism involved in how I got involved in grind time, which a lot of the people that I battled and a lot of the guys, like, in other league, in other divisions in grind time thought that they was like, oh, he's not that great. The only reason he's there is because he's friends with PH and them. And it's like, I'm not friends with PH like that back then. Like, I had just met him as, like, a modern, you know, um, in that era. I had met him before, but, like, we weren't friends all those years. And um, I had to do a tryout. It's just that when I tried out, PH was really thoroughly impressed with my style. 
he felt like that my style was like, you know, different and nobody else. And like back then in grind time, that was one of like the most important things was to have like an original style and to like have like diversity in styles so that it wasn't like you had a bunch of the same type of battle rappers over and over and over again, you know? Um, and so I feel like I got a hair in my mouth. Sorry. I love the streamer. <laughs> Goddamn hair. Goddamn hair. And so um, he really just liked what I, you know, came to the table with. And um, and uh, he gave me an opportunity because he believed in me. And it was, it was like, that's like uh, the greatness of PH, where today we're going to be um, memorializing uh, uh, Vice's legacy even more after this interview on the EO Zoom stream, right? Um, and I think that it's it's great to, like, keep on, like, memorializing all these guys who, like, you know, PH is gone now. But, like, these are men that, like, if it weren't for them um, being how giving that they are with their selves as, like, humans, a lot of us wouldn't have had the opportunities that we had. And so PH just believed in me. And like at that time in my life to have like somebody outside of my circle of friends believe in me and like uh, give me opportunities to shine. Like, bro, I can't even fucking tell you like the level that that shit is. That's why like I strive to be that way myself. Cause like, you know, that's the shit that I really respect the most out of like, life and those people so it's also um ph yeah it's also like mad rewarding to kind of perpetuate that circle of giving into as you said Mm -hmm. earlier it's like do you really want to get rich alone be by yourself in a room be like that like stereotype off the simpsons the guy staring at the tickers being you know like nah it's like you don't really want that you it's Mm -hmm. like you want to be with the people and to have that team and part of how that ends up happening in every successful situation is there are these cornerstone people that just dedicate themselves fully to to creating this or maybe just to making sure that everyone stays on the right course even if it's just making sure that people have opportunities because they understand Mm. i think that's what it is i think that it is i think that as artists right what i appreciate about them is that they all understood the dogged uh the dogged uh persistence of art and how when you're a real artist it won't leave you alone and it haunts you and the desire to have other people um experience enjoy your art is like this like just constant thing that just like nags at you and not having the ability to maybe have that is what you know helps these people want to give that opportunity to others because they saw how much trouble they had to go through to get that recognition for thing and they want to give a platform to others so that maybe their journey is a little bit easier than their journey before them was you know which is kind of i think that's one of the things i like about you in general is that if you ever follow mr flacco on facebook 
it's quite the experience. Um, one of the consistent themes you'll see is like when people complain in certain directions is what? You want to have to suffer like you did back in the day, da da da. Nah, we should all be wanting to see a better future. You know, it's like that tone of it. Yeah. And I feel yeah, it's like it's always that tone. And I feel like uh, that's kind of what you're you're expressing here in a lot of ways. It's like sometimes people almost want to cling to the old systems because they went ahead and uh, suffered. And you know what? Maybe they yeah. did, and a lot of people did. Like a lot of people had to pay really unfair tithes to get to yes. like where they're at. And I understand to where we that. are as a society. Yeah. But like, it was always like, if you really think about what people say about the World War II vets, it was always to create this better future, which at least instilled to me this idea that we should be trying to eliminate the barriers that made it like stupidly hard to achieve things. So, I think. You know, that is like one of the most idealistic ways you can be as a person is is to that. I mean, so I like I like what you're saying a lot. I like how you're like painting these people. Yeah, I mean, that's how I looked at them. Great, great men that like, you know, gave opportunities and platforms to a bunch of kids who didn't have. When I was doing when once I got involved with Grind Time, um, PH appreciated <coughs> my. PH appreciated me because I immediately was trying to help him and Grind Time East Coast. So, like, not long after I got involved, I came to him with um, an idea for a training league where, like, the guys, um, the guys that wanted to be in Grind Time East Coast would, like, you know, get their bars up, get their weight up, get some battles under their belt. So that they can, you know, and we could find new talent for the league and shit like that. And I came to him with a logo, with a name, with a name, with the logo, with a trailer, with, um, you know, a bunch of battles I had already thought of, you know, um, and and uh, and this idea that I was just like, because back then, Sarakana, they would like fuck with her online because she would be in the circle of the battles. Like, you know, right next to the host and the, the league runner and shit. And so, like, they'd be like, well, why is she there? What's the point? And I'm like, you don't know everything that she's doing behind the scenes. Like, there's no credits at the beginning of the videos to tell you that, you know? Like, um, so I came up with that idea for Sarah Connor. Like, I, I came to PH like, yo, I see how people are talking shit about my sister online and I don't like it and I hate it. And this is a way that we can help ourselves the league and she can have like this purpose and and this thing that everybody sees and now understands better maybe of why it is that she's around and ph immediately was just like nah like he had another plan in his head which i didn't know at the time um but like uh he pretty much was like nah you're gonna run that you're gonna do that with soul con and amzilla who've been also like approaching me about trying to help and um you know, uh, you're going to run that. And uh, and uh, I think that that's a, a good example of, like, how, like, PH was always, like, looking out for everybody. That's why I got put on the team. Because he saw how I wasn't waiting for him to give me something to do. He saw that I went out there and I made something for myself to do to help benefit all of us you know um 
And uh, I think that that's something that like those men look for. And that's something that we all should look to do, you know, not not wait for, you know, like when we were all when you were interviewing Tizzy, I think that 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 was like a really great interview. Right. That. um, Wait, no, it wasn't Tizzy. It was that young kid from Montreal. Who was that young kid from Montreal that you interviewed that he was talking about? He had never had ciphered before. He didn't even know what cipher was. JK. Yeah, 17 year old kid. JK. Yeah. Love that kid. Loved his energy. Um, loved his energy. Too. Uh, loved his energy. Um, uh, JK had, when he was being interviewed, he had somebody who just showed up and their profile name was what? JK's number one fan or something like that? Yeah. He had a fan page before you, before me, right? Yeah. Like because his fan, his fan base is smart. Like that, well, it's not that they're smarter or, or or better than our fan bases, right? Like our, like everybody's they're fan hipper. base does. What you they know what fans, it was probably yeah, they, too. No, it was probably like one of his friends showing up to troll him too. It was probably some probably, like probably. Probably, I mean, it also might have just been that this is their generation. This is what they do. Mm. So, like, that's the thing that comes naturally to them. Right, is to like, right, oh, right. my friend is doing this. If I'm going to create a profile, let me create a profile that's like, boom, his number one fan. Like you know what a, I mean? It because could even be like a flex thing. Like, yo, I'm going to be the number one fan page first. Fan. Whatever. Yeah, I'm going to be your number one fan page. Now you got to come to me for your for your number one fan page stuff. <laughs> who knows what it is it could be a million things me and my wife were playing that game um the other night uh we were watching people walk by and some drama was happening and we were like oh my god you know what i just thought about it could be a shoe like oh you know, i think it could be it could be this that's a great and we game. just sat there theorizing yeah it's a great game love playing that game um but yeah so he had you know number one fan page you know and it's just that it's just about get in and fit in and do whatever you can to help the movement you know like if you love anything like it, like if there's anything that I could have anybody who sees this video walk away with is that like um, uh, if you love something, talk about it as much as you can, share it with your friends as much as you can, because that's all that those people have at first, really, you know, and um, that's the only real way that they could find success. And so you talk about the things that you love and you don't talk about the things that you hate because you don't want to bring more unnecessary attention to things that you hate. I could list you a litany of things that I hate and despise, people, um, companies, um, movements, all sorts of things. But no, because why would I want to bring attention to that? I'd rather talk to you about like how tragedy Gaddafi is like this great criminally under, like criminally slept on rapper that like everybody should go listen to his entire catalog in particular, um, uh, uh, his first album after being Intelligent Hoodlum, changing his name from Intelligent Hoodlum to Tragedy Gaddafi. Um, my, I, right now, that album name escapes me. Um, uh, but the point is, against all odds. Um, but the point is that like I love Tragedy Gaddafi, and I think that like you talk about the things that you love so you could bring more attention to them because they deserve that attention, because they wouldn't have gotten that attention from you if they weren't dope and cool, you know? So like do that in your lifetime, you know? Like do as much, you know, passing of the word of the things that you love and not talking about the things that you don't love, you know? Just don't bring more attention to the things that you don't love. It doesn't matter if it's already big and famous. You talking about it is gonna give it attention to one person in this world who might've never like paid attention to it. 
you know so it's like you just you're better off just like you know how many times you know how many times people have complained about songs or movies or whatever just for me to go consume the media and fall in love with it and i'm like yeah y'all bugging all the time and i'm like that's kind (laughs) of what it is uh, I'm watching. I constantly we, we you know plug 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 to the network that we're on. We're on the EO Zoom network, and um, my our our a former, uh, 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 well, not a former, uh, one of our previous guests, um, Dama, um, hosts a show with uh, Baxter called uh, ISO Boom, and like they'll like watch videos and like criticize artists. They got a segment called Destructive Criticism. And like, you know how much I walk away from that segment, like where they're like, "Yo, this shit is trash." I'm like, "I can't want to listen to this again." <laughs> like, yo, That's the thing. I'm about to go. I'm about to go play this ten so times. So everybody was like, bro, "I'm about to go play this ten times." That's kind of what happens. It's not like, the thing that people want me to listen to. No, not the like, awkward. not that. I'm gonna listen to this one dude that like everybody probably is like, "Yo, he's whack," and I'm like, "I like that pop." Damn, that shit is knocking. <laughs> it's also like, I don't know, man. I just know that everybody was like Gucci Gang's trash, and everybody made videos about Gucci Gang. Oh, Gucci Gang is shit, man. And then I'm just Love sitting there like, song. Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci And I'm like, nah, though. Like, yeah. Everything about that's kind of got like a vibe to it. Now, I could appreciate how you might not want to consume this very young man's world. Totally fair. But I bet $100 that if you were real, real drunk in a club, and some dancing was happening, I'll and that you. came on. You'd be alright with it. It's a, it's that's just kind of what it is. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I love it. I love watching people get like mad at stuff, and then I'm like, I guess it's like fair enough. And I don't even hate it. Hate um, what they do or anything like that. I love criticism. I love yeah, watching no, oh people's no, perspective. I love, I love, yeah, no, I love watching their show. I, and, I tune um, into the show. They also are like, honestly, it's from a place of like, yo, this is what you can like. No, they're trying to help. Do better. They're trying to help. So and they I, and they need to. They, a show like theirs needs to exist, right? Like I plugged facts. it for a reason, right? It's Again, a good show. like I'm talking about. You talk about the things that you love. You don't talk about the things that you hate, right? So like, I'm not gonna like talk about something that I hate. I love the show, and I love what they do on the show. But I'm just saying, like, an, an example of that, of, like, where, like, sometimes talking about a thing that, like, you don't like ends up, like, giving it more yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely, that's absolutely a case right there. Because, like, um, now, well, not, not absolutely a case because they're just doing their show, you know. But, like, in the middle of they're doing their show, they'll talk, you know, they'll be reviewing videos that, like, that they won't really enjoy too much like i'm like yo i, really yeah, I, would, I would love like, to know nope. the rate of songs that they have that reaction to and because yo i've had this happen a million times as a reviewer i fucking hate some shit on a tuesday and i make a video about it and by saturday it's caught in my head and i like the song and i'm watching that video, and i'm like to see the video and i'm like i was talking some shit i don't agree with no more and I wonder how often that happens where, like, they feel away, but that song still gets, like, stuck in their head. I'm going to ask that question one day. Um, no, fair enough. Uh, uh, the one thing I would say about complaining and negative stuff is if you can find a way to focus on actions rather than people, yeah. and you can find a way to provide some solution to the problem, then I'm, like, mad okay with you saying whatever you want yeah. on the subject. Because fair enough. Yeah. Sometimes it's really worth shedding light yeah. on some shit. But it's got to have like an educational component. It's got to be like, there's got to be a value proposition beyond you just, um, you just venting negative energy into the world. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, I think it's like, listen, man, I'm not here to police anybody's anything, right? So like, like I'm not telling anybody to do anything in particular because it's a better life for them. Nah, like I'm just saying, you know, if you love something and you love, you know, like an artist, like just talk, try to talk about them as much as possible, man. Because mm. like artists, like like talking, like in, I've mentioned it because we were talking in that vein of of vice and ph and giving platforms to 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 people to like build and it's probably because you know like as artists we've had the struggle of having to like you know go through a lot to try to get people to listen to our stuff and so you kind of want to always help others along to not have that same problem and so um in that vein like thinking about that like you know i would always recommend the people to try to share the stuff of people that they love and fuck with as much as possible just so that you know those people that they love can you know uh you know um and don't just you know just try share share you know with with that like i always try to share things with like a uh grab you caption you know like oh you motherfuckers you can't understand how great this is you have never seen anything this great before (laughs) it's gonna make somebody be like what is this fool talking about? What is this fool of a man saying? I've never seen something this great. What is this thing he's talking about that's so great? Um, it's usually the energy people will give to things like that. Um, and so uh, I, I just was saying it in general, but like, uh, like do what you want to. Like, I'm not here to, you know, like, yo, no, complain you, online. You are, you are allowed complain, to. Complain to. wisely, complain not wisely. We're all stuck in our own moment of life journey. So Ismael like, wants to hear more about the struggle to build an audience. Um, uh, I'll get into that in just one second. Um, like there's, you know, there's fucking, you know, we're all stuck in the moment that we're stuck in, in life, right? So like you've learned what you've learned up until this point in your life. And I've learned what I've learned up until this point in my life. And I look back at the things that I didn't learn, that I didn't know, that I know now that I didn't know back then. And I'm like, fuck, look at me unknowing of this thing that I know now, you know? Um, And I think that that's like kind of where we all end up in life, you know, like at some point or another. So like, I don't try to down people too much for like being at a point where I was at once myself in a state of ignorance or something like that, you know? Um, Or like, uh, or in a state of like, maybe not wanting to, you know, realize something or be a certain way or, you know, like, there's no, there's no, there's no exact way of anything is what I'm really trying to say. So like, definitely wasn't trying to imply that. You you weren't implying that anybody should live right or wrong, but we are allowed to philosophize on maybe what we believe the, the smarter or wiser ways to live are. That's it's a fair thing to do in the world because it's solutioning rather than complaining, right? You can say, yeah, yeah, definitely. Put in this kind of energy. I'm all about solutions. I'm I'm a big I'm a big proponent of um like I don't cry I don't like crying over spilled milk. It does me no good at all. Like milk is spilled. I'm not gonna sit here and cry about it. I'm gonna go get a fucking mop. I'm gonna mop it up. I'm gonna go to the store. I'm gonna buy some more milk if that was the last bit of milk. Like solutions. I'm always focused on getting past the problem and getting towards like a a a, a solution. The ha- the like I have a saying where like I go like 
oh, the glass isn't half full or half empty. I'm just happy that somebody was considerate enough to like leave some water for me to drink. Fair enough. That is definitely a twist on that <laughs> saying. Um, so yeah, what about more on the struggle on building an audience? I mean, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. It's not easy, you know? Like, we all kind of want to have that access to millions of people. And now we kind of do, but it's, like, super hard to still access them, you know? Like, it's just as hard, if not more, like, difficult than it used to be. Um, uh, and, you know, we all want to access. Like, I don't want... I, all I would... Like, the thing that I desire the most out of, like, um, like my art and shit like that is like the desire to like have the um i think we've talked i've mentioned this before i never um can remember the name of it and i never think oh, to look it up actually after i mentioned it to you but like those rooms where like uh a company is behind a double you know uh, uh, behind a, a double-sided mirror or one-way mirror or something like that right and then they're looking at like 20 or 30 people in a row who are being like 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 uh asked about this product or something like that and you know just to see their honest opinions about the product like that's all that i've ever desired but like on a major base like on a uh, on a huge level you know like i want my shit to play on like radio so that like i can see like people's reaction like you know i want i want to you know i just want to have the same opportunity that other artists want to have which is to like maybe have a lot of people listen and see if they're into it or not, you know? I really like what you said about that, just on the sense that um, I'm starting to realize, like, 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 there's this thing where there's this scope is not the, 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 what am I trying to say? The way people, like, look at the world and audiences and the scope of how many people are actually out there is kind of limited. And the only way to really have any sense of how good or bad your music even would be honestly at any point in your career would be to have like a significant amount of people to hear it right like you could have been like really good the whole time i'm not saying you're not or whatever but you isn't anyone like amazing and just literally because nobody heard it you didn't even know so i like the fact that it's almost like you just want like the business intelligence to know how to optimize your art better Mm -hmm. i mean that's all it really was ever for me i mean i've always looked at like, I understand the industry. I worked in the music industry, so it's different. Like, I understand the meeting in the middle of art and business. And I understand the business of art from the music industry standpoint. So, like, where most artists would, like, get on a label and they're, like, most artists are, like, oh, I don't want to sell out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm the type of artist that I'm, like, nah, I want to do that. I like it. Call it whatever you want to call it. Right. Like if it's selling out because I'm doing a song with um, fucking uh, a major artist at the time, like if it's a major artist that's like I enjoy their music, too. Why wouldn't I like what? That seems silly. Like, why would I not work with an artist because they're successful? You know, oh, I I, I shouldn't, you know, um, team up with like, you know, uh, back then there were so many uh, artists that did do it, like Mr. T and MC Hammer. And they got criticized. Well, not Mr. T, like MC Hammer did. Um, But it's like, yo, all that shit was really smart. And it was exactly the shit that artists are like, are giving props for nowadays, which is like doing really smart marketing and like, you know, doing, you know, like, it's like 
back then you only had was so many things to do that smart marketing with. So like, you know, hammer pants were smart, you know, like what the fuck? Like, why wouldn't you do hammer? pants? Like that is smart. Like what is selling out about that? That's like, you're actually just doing good business artistically. Um, so like, I understand like fucking being an artist that like actually wants to like be on a label and acquiesce the label and understand the business and understands the business of the label and um and selling records and so like yeah for me i've always kind of wanted to fucking do that like uh whole you know fucking big big you know big audience to see what it is that they do like what they don't like so that we can stick with the things that they do like and throw away the things that they don't like and unless they're like something i'm really passionate about in which case I'll still stuff it in here and there, you know, because like you can still do that as an artist. Like, you don't, there's ways to be an artist and please the label and please yourself. It's just most artists don't want to meet in the middle. Mm. Ismail saying, to me, selling out is when you were completely against the style of music and then you start doing it for fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow. That would that would definitely if you're against it, yeah. If you're against the style of music and you start doing it for fame, yeah, that's that's absolutely selling out. Yeah, yeah I would never like that. do that. I would argue yeah, that every artist does have the right to change their mind about music. I used to be really against Drake, even straight up anti Drake, and then I started reviewing Drake, um, and now I really like him. So now I want to flex with this different stuff. Like now I want to make dance auto tune stuff. I used to hate on it, but it's not because I want to get famous. I mean, that's the conversation. Enjoy. It's more like I really listen to this shit. Like I put on that two yeah, life yeah. three song by Uzi Vert all the time. Cause it's just such a clever use of like his voice yeah. and shit. And like, I just got into it as a genre. So in that case, I wouldn't call you a sellout because you're just evolving. But like, yeah, in, like, it, in this specific Ismail, case earlier in the earlier when you were playing the music um uh before the show right ismail was asking how like i end up on this type of music which was like a lot of southern beats and it's because like well like yeah i lived in atlanta for a year so it's like i lived in atlanta before i ever started recording like my demos so like i had this strong southern influence from actually living in the South, you know? Um, and I also got to live in Hawaii in 96. So it was just like, I had these influences from like so other regions. To, but you got to see then, like, cause if you look at Atlanta today, it is like heralded as the thriving music scene everyone wishes they were. And so you got yeah. to watch that as it was becoming that, right? Like you got to have a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, early, early. They, yeah, they, they only had Ludacris at the time, like, besides Outkast, you know, like, like premiering. Like, at that time, there was still no T.I., there was still no G. I mean, like, they was in the hood, but they was not um, known, like, the way that they were, you know? Atlanta was just bubbling. It was really bubbling when I was there, it was, which was right before the towers dropped. It was super bubbling. Like, it was getting really big. Um, in Atlanta and the scene was just really incredible and I just loved Atlanta so much um, I probably would have fucked around and stayed in Atlanta longer if I didn't run into legal troubles there um, uh, shouts to south, shouts to Georgia shouts to Atlanta um, but um, yeah so like that's where the influence from that like type of music comes from right it's like yo that's like that's not 
It's not like it's not like a New York dude who like you know is just like oh Atlanta's on the radio, so I gotta sound like Atlanta. It's like mm-hmm. nah, like this is this literally influenced me. Like before I even record my demos, I'm in this environment, so I'm rapping in Atlanta too, you know. So like, and I'm like, I'm uh, hearing their flows and their you know. And it absolutely is influencing me, right? Like same way that my friends in the Bronx's flows influenced me up until that point. And Method Man's influence, you know, influenced me because I love his flow so much. You know, all these people, you know, they influence you because, you know, you um you love it. And so like as an artist, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I feel like all artists reserve the right to change their minds about, you know, some art that maybe they didn't like at some point. But like I love that shit all from the beginning, you know? Yeah, I was man. into fucking Southern shit before I was, before I even moved down South too. So that's what like helps me move down South. And like, you know? Um, I also feel like sometimes though, like you just make connections in your head. Like I started looking at melodic trap more like I look at rock music and I stopped looking at it so much like I looked at the lens that I would put like hip hop under and then I just stopped caring about bars and shit and I was just into it for a different reason entirely. So it's like sometimes that just impacts it. Nah, that's cool. Um, so I, when did you... What made you transition to Liddy Bros? Honestly, like, how did you decide to go down this complete... Like, to me, it feels like... I don't know if I asked you that before in the last one, but I'm not, now that we just had this chat, like, how do you go from, like, you know, big pun, fucking influenced, you know, running through it, all these... Because you, you, you drop in, honestly, some seriously lyrical, miracle, spiritual, coming through with bars on some Super of this other work. And it's like, bars. I have Super to say, I'm sitting there going, that's fucking Liddy, bro. There's the 21-year-old me be all over this shit. So... <laughs> how do you how do you like ultimately get from that to more where you're at with it now um uh i'm trying to see if i can get some extra good lighting in here some um because now the sun is all the way down only this light is behind me um uh, I mean, it was always kind of there, right? Like, when you look at it, like, you said it yourself when you were playing the music, you know? Like, you could see, like, Liddy Bro shit kind of in the demo, you know? Where it's, like, um, uh, fucking, you hear songs that are like, yo, this is a fun song, you know? I've always, always been into fun music and having a good time. So it's like, you know, it's just that back then, you know, the lyrical miracle is like the this is the thing this is the thing i care about the most um and it was the thing that i cared about the most and i did that and you know i kind of satisfied myself and i had my full of it and now the liddy bros was like a way of like moving past that and being able to constantly have an evolving team like i was just looking at liddy bros like Yo, you know, Jess and Paulie are around right now. They're down to run. But, like, I can keep this Liddy Bros thing going. I'll name everybody, like, a Liddy Bro. And everybody that features is a Liddy Bro. And, like, whoever is the next people that want to do the next set of projects with me, they're Liddy Bros. And their faces are on the Liddy Bro logo. And maybe one day it gets to the point where, like, I'm just, like, fucking executive producing the Liddy Bros. And, like, 
I'm not even a member, like, in the song, you know? I'm just always constantly trying to look at things past myself, hoping, in hopes of the fact that, like, in hopes that, like, there, there, there'll be success outside of myself with it. Um, mm. And so, um, yeah, it's just a, a, what I felt was the natural progression. The project before Liddy Bros that I did, the two projects that I did before Liddy Bros were like Dutch Vega and Les Squad, and it's a double disc album. And I'm featuring all my friends on the songs on that I'm doing in the studio on the first the first disc. And then the artists that are on the second disc is just all their, you know, songs on their own individually that I fuck with that like they gave me for my project to like promote, like, you know? And um and then like after that is a project with me and the homie Gambit that we did in Vegas. And then it's Liddy Bro. So it was like it was headed there already. Like I was back towards like this strong mentality of like, yo, you're not gonna get nowhere by yourself. Like I mean, I could get wherever I'm going to get by myself. But, like, to me, that's nowhere. Right. That's nowhere that I want to be. There's nowhere that I want to be by myself. Like, I want to be there with my friends. I want my friends to be there with me. I want to have – I want to – I don't want a big fat check all by, by myself. Like, I want a nice check that I could split with somebody else so that we can have joy together, you know? And that's just always the mentality. Um, So, like – that's why the Liddy bro. Nah, it's dope, and he is very he he's serious with this Liddy bro thing. Everybody's a Liddy bro. I'm gonna say like everybody, everybody. But I know that I've I've yeah. seen Liddy bro holding mm. show up, Liddy bro. Bonnie You're right. Shot. No racist allowed. No racist allowed. <laughs> um, like, like, uh, like there's got to be limits on it, but in, you got to be Liddy yeah, to be yeah, a Liddy yeah. bro. <laughs> you got to be Liddy to be Liddy bro. Racists are definitely not Liddy. You know what I mean? To put it down, it's not. There's no Liddy sis. It's everybody's a Liddy bro. Nah, no Liddy sis. Oh, everybody's Liddy bro. Liddy bro. Liddy bro. Danny, big mm. sis. Guys, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. if I'm, I'm not mistaken. We don't have a lot of time left today on some end of the week. Uh, is doing their. I think it's on legacy some, day. Also, my that, fucking look at this. Like, yeah, you guys awesome. got me in the dark. I'm like one of the last people nah, you, on the beach. Like everybody good, done. It looks kind of hauntingly nice. It's beautiful. It's like a, a good progression. It's kind of like the effect we had with propane. Shouts, big shouts to propane. The reason I even did this is because mm -hmm. the big bro did it. I knew I was going on vacation. I knew that we were going to do this interview. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to bite the big bro. I'm going to chihuahua bite him. All right. And he's gonna be okay with it. I told him that I was gonna do it. He he didn't say no in the moment. He did not. Um, he did not say no. So I took that as a you're good to go, especially because I told him I'll give him the credit that he deserves as the creator of the set and sun background. So my background is cool, but like know that that's like is is bitten. It's it's the second. It's not the first. It's not the first. Nah, but that just is is you didn't okay. Like he he was down in Miami, I think, and then you brought it to Puerto Rico and kind of upped it. You had the whole beach layout. I'm, I'm just saying, just you just did what you do with it. I wanted to make sure though that we talked about one more little thing quick and plugged you again one more time. So uh, y'all should follow what is it? It's Liddy Bro on Twitch because uh, there's the it's Bronx. 
bro tavern time i fucking fucked up the name uh the fucking show that you're the doing bronx bros lady tavern time yeah it is a mouthful the name it, it is shouts to bon bon the creator it. of our of our show name that's it uh and uh, your lady friend bonnie that's who it is she loves it um no she really she loves the fact that she it's the bronx bros and it's like see Anyway, tell us about that real quick because you do that every Sunday and it's a fun time, especially if you're in a place with curfew like me and let's you vicariously pretend you can leave your place. Um, I mean, yo, thanks to you, yo. You know what I mean? Like you were so hardcore with the like, you got to get on Twitch, you got to go on Twitch. And I was like, yeah, yo, you're right. I do. And this is something that all, like, that all my friends have been asking for for a lot of years was for me to like do some sort of blog, video shit. And like, I kept on like waiting for the perfect opportunity. And it's like, like kids, you know, there's never gonna be a perfect opportunity, bro. You just gotta get up and fucking do the shit. So like, I, you know, let the, the, the annoyance (laughs) of holding, we were having, we were having like back and forth arguments about YouTube versus Twitch. It was passionate. We were both passionate. Yo, we were wrong. both right, I, by the way, about the about the points, separate points that we were absolutely. making. Absolutely, you were making a separate point about getting on Twitch. I was making a separate point about artists need to exist video wise on YouTube because your Being videos facts. can't exist on Twitch. They're gonna go away eventually. You know, exactly. like it's not. But the live is just litty. Regardless, the live is litty. The live is super litty, and Twitch is where it's at. And um, we have a really good time with the show, yo. Like, I have not wanted to stop at all. Like, I feel bad that I'm on vacation and um, took my 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 uh, my laptop with me. Um, uh, but I wanted to also like use the weekend to like promote the album. And like, the homies are super cool and not like trying to you know stop me from you know promoting what I'm doing and shit. So um, we have a good time, though. Like, the videos, as I've seen, hot start to take clips from the show and post them online. Like, us talking about what kind of porn you're into, us talking about relationship shit, us talking about, like, you know, um, man-woman shit, uh, relationship shit, um, because it's not just man-woman relationship shit. There's, like, all sorts of relationship shit that we've talked about in that. it's just, it's a really good show. And I want to thank you for inspiring me to actually get my ass up and fucking do it. And um, and so, yeah, please tune into our Twitch channel. It's Liddy Bro. It's the this one in the comments. Hi, that's me. I was going to shout you out. It's Liddy Bro. <laughs> we have it, we have it. But yeah, so definitely we have follow the that. And um, make sure you check that out. The album is dropping on the 20th, which Tuesday. is Tuesday. Um, Old sh- school music industry day. That's the yeah. day that mu- that music used to drop on Tuesdays. Yeah, that's it. And then T-Pain explained to me that it's because you optimize your sales numbers by dropping on Friday. Yep. So everybody jumped to Friday. 
Um, yep. Nah, but for real though, thank you for coming through. I know we don't have a lot of time left. Everybody, peep mm-hmm. that volume two, Cognac and Codeine. It's it's a good album, honestly. Like I liked it a lot. Like I really really enjoy listening to it. It's got a different energy than the first one, so you should peep. Whole it. different energy than the first one, and yeah. that was the point. I kind of wanted to show the diversity in the music making. Um, so yeah, definitely thank you all for watching this. We really, really appreciate you being here because again, without all of you, it's like, I mean, it's fun, but it's way more fun when there's people here, you know, it's like a show Big at facts. that point. Thank you to, thank you to everybody who tunes in always every week. Um, thank you to, uh, the behind that suit family, right? So thank you to Bonnie. Thank you to Chris Chrome, uh, Holden. Thank you so much. Right. Um, thank you to the EO Zoom family. Yeah, thank you to the end of the week. Big thank, big thanks to Danny, sis. She's always here for us. She's always like, always, always here for us. Like always, I love sis so much. Um, and she just keeps Vice's energy alive at all times. And Vice, I mean, his energy is always alive. But I'm just saying, as his blood sister, she does an amazing job. Yeah. Um, and uh, big shouts to Zoo, big shouts to um, James, big shouts to Pro, big shouts to Vice, and Breezy, yeah. and Dama, and the whole team, and shout HR. Out. Also, just got to shout out Nunzio because Nunzio was definitely the first episode. Our first so, guest. So first like guest ever. And there was a reason he was the first guest. I did that on purpose. Um, but just, um, just to shout out everyone else. Also, sorry, one more shout out. Let me finish. Sorry, Holden. Shouts to Viva La Mesa. Anybody from, anybody from La Mesa fam, anybody who tuned in period two to, to this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, thank you so, so much. And, yeah, I love you and appreciate you. Big facts, but special thanks to end of the week for real. There, there, this, yeah, it changed my life, this whole series. It's not like a hyperbolic statement. It's what it is. You fuck around with a dub and your life changes. That's what they said. That's the testament of my existence. Um, so thank you Global, all to I, them. You. I believe it's EO, dub, slash EOW TV on everything. Make sure you tune in uh, later on today. I think it's in about 30 minutes. <clears throat> They're doing their, I think it's the one year of the Zoom and everything. They're giving out the grant money. If you don't know about the Versus Project, it's one of the most incredible initiatives that I've personally seen come to life. In all of these times, none of those, yo, there's good in the world moments that should have got a lot more love than I, I mean, it should have been like, you know, internet people going viral type shit. So make sure you tune into that as they give out the grants and, and they celebrate everything that's going to happen later on. And I'm just really grateful to, you know, in some way be a part of all of this. Same. And uh, yeah, so thank you all for watching. Thank everybody for that. Uh, I'm going to start a little raid on this side and then we're going to, uh, you know, make sure that y'all peep this in 30 minutes. And if you're watching this in the future, it's on slash YouTube.com slash EOWTV. Go make sure to go watch that and look for it and all that good stuff. Peace, everybody. Mm-hmm.